And now the moment we've all been waiting for. I am Nate Riggle, and you are listening to The Way of the Bonfire. What's up, people? Glad you're here. Seriously, I'm, I want to say thanks. Thanks for listening. It means a lot to me. Like, like I, I would do it even if no one was listening, or maybe just one person was listening. But, but I'm glad that some people are listening and getting something from this. And that, that if you came back multiple times, geez, you, don't, you don't even know what that means to me. It's a big deal. So thanks. I want to talk about, uh, we got a good episode. <laughs> I'm going to talk about courage and its relationship to fear. And got some good examples from literature and from history and just everyday life that are going to allow me to illustrate the concept that I'm, I'm driving at here today. I think the courage and faith are something, doesn't matter who it is, we could all use more of. We can always work on building those things up. Whether you, you figured a lot of it out or not, or none of it. <laughs> there's, always, there's always more room for that. And the, the problem with an emotion like fear is that it, it's complex and it's confusing. It's an emotion, every, like some people say, oh, it's a useless emotion. I think it's it's one that serves multiple purposes. It helps us avoid or protect protect ourselves against things that could easily harm or kill us. Um, it it can help us avoid making the same mistake twice, and it can help us evaluate tough decisions and manage basically all different types of of risk in our lives. It's like a light that's set to come on automatically when certain conditions are met. For a person. And some of those conditions are pretty much universal triggers in anything with a brain. As in, there's going to be some sort of like visceral response every time when certain triggers are met. But some of the triggers are unique only to the complexities of an individual group or person. And those are, those can get pretty, pretty um, diverse. I thought I went on a rant about personalities in the last podcast. You want to laugh, maybe go listen to that one. Um, but it, fear can be based off of your background or lived experiences and traumas and whatever kind of different inputs your brain has organized it into to be like, oh, we need to feel this emotion um, based on, on what we're, we're taking in here. And what I want to drive home today is that we need to get to know ourselves better. And it is something that you can do. It's not just something that people talk about in these floofy circles and, and, and say, know yourself. And, and like, they're just, they're just blabbing, right? It, it's, it's a real thing. We need to get to know ourselves better and pay attention to what our unique conditions are at any given point in time and, and decide if this is something that we want to, like a, a signal, this emotion is something that we want to heed, or if it's like, eh, I think, I think it's, it's malfunctioning here. 
because while it may be this automatic emotion that we can't explain away or we can't just write it off as all bad, our relationship to it is where we have to be vigilant. It's like just, just as the driver of a car can decide how it wants to react to warning lights in the dash, a human can decide how it reacts to a negative emotion that's, that's automatically coming up. Learned a lot about this over the last uh, year or so that I didn't previously didn't think I needed to learn. Um, so check your pride if uh, if you're like ha, I'm logging off. This guy's this guy's talking funny here. There's a, there's a chance that if you're hating on it, you probably need to do it. <laughs> you need to you need to get to know yourself a little better. And often letting fear and anger be the sole decision variable. Like on the last podcast, I talked all about don't let one thing, don't let one thing drive. You drive. You look at all of it. Be the quarterback of your own life, your, your captain, your ship, whatever, whatever you want to say. You need to see everything. Don't let one thing decide for you. So don't let fear or anger be the sole decision variable. Because ironically, it can often cause us to become or create the thing or something even worse or more painful than the thing we were afraid of in the first place because we, because of the fear. That's so ironic. Let me give you an insane real world story. Actually, um, I'm gonna start off with some context. This is fiction, but one of the most revered novels in all of classic literature about adventures at sea is, is Moby Dick. This is where there's the title character is Captain Ahab. He gets his leg bitten off. I'll give you the Cliff Notes version here. He gets his leg bitten off by a whale. And people that love the book are going to hate me, but I'm probably going to just rattle it off here. He basically gets his leg bitten off by a whale and sets out to get revenge by killing it. He never lets go of this bitter emotion and spends 40 years of his life missing his child and his wife chasing this giant white sperm whale which ends up biting his ship in half. And as he finally catches up with it and harpoons the thing from a smaller boat, the rope wraps around his leg as the whale swims away and his obsession with vengeance and settling the score ends up killing him. It's sad and, and it's ironic and it's supposed to be one of the best books ever written. I've, I've heard it's, it's, a it's a tough one to get all the way through because it's, it's got a lot, but, um, but that's, that's all fiction. What some people don't, know is that the ending of the book Moby Dick is actually inspired by a real story that is even more illustrative to my point about how we respond to negative emotions like fear. And we're going to dive into that. There was a whaling ship called Essex with a real crew that sank in 1820. And the Essex was a larger boat that would anchor in a, like a hunting area in the ocean and had several of these smaller 20 foot or so whaling boats that they used to go out and harpoon the whales because they were more nimble. And and while the, the captain of the ship was out on, his name was uh, Robert Pollard Jr., I believe. While the captain of the ship was out on one of the smaller boats doing the whaling and harpooning, an 85-foot sperm whale, because there was a guy back on the ship that saw the whole thing and, and survived to tell the tale, um, this 85-footer, comes up and smashes into the Essex multiple times. And they put a hole, it put a hole in it big enough 
to start it sinking. And the men came back on board and realized, like, after they were done hunting and realized, like, they're in a bad place. The boat wasn't going to make it. And so they're out in the middle of the ocean and they're like, oh no, all we got is these smaller boats. And, and, uh, it's George Pollard is the name of the captain. He's, he says, all right, here's the plan. We're going to, we're going to take these smaller whaling boats on a journey to try to get back to land and safety. And the closest islands to this area where that we're at right now are called the Marquesas. And the Society Islands, I might be pronouncing one of those wrong. But the men of the crew, were they were too afraid to go there and they start kind of panicking and they, because they, there, there'd been rumors of cannibals on those islands and convinced their group to go way further south to reach land. And it was rougher than they had ever expected. They were getting attacked by killer, like not only being attacked by this big sperm whale, when they got in the little boats, they started getting attacked by killer whales and the smaller boats. And the sun was just baking them into pieces of bacon and they, and they ran out of food. And at one point the boat spotted land on a barren Island. Uh, that was called Henderson Island, but it was, looked like they didn't have anything on it. So they decided to keep going. And three of the men were just like, I'm going to face my fear. And they hopped off to take their chances on land, appearing to have nothing on the island rather than going further on a boat because it had been so horrendous. Then after, so, so they, they went around these islands because they're so afraid of the cannibals and it, and it was getting really bad. And so about after a month at sea in these smaller boats, they ran out of food and they started to, to starve and die. And then they ended up becoming cannibals themselves. And not just when someone died of starvation or, or some other unfortunate event, they actually took lots on who would die next. And I guess this is a custom of the sea at that time, but they, they took lots on who would die next if they ran out of rations from the other shipmates that they were already cannibalizing who, who had died naturally. So then there's, I'm not going to go into detail. It's like so sad, but because they were so afraid to go to the Marquesas islands, they became what they feared the most. And here's, here's another really wild thing. They, there actually had been lots of records of traders going to those islands in recent years and not having any issues despite the rumors. The three men who got off on that the barren island and took their chances, they survived on shellfish and eggs, and, and they were later rescued. So fear was the thing that killed and, and, and turned them into the thing that they were afraid of. It, 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 it created it. And I get it. Granted, we're not, this might, you know, maybe take out this isolated story, but granted, we're not, we're not sailing at sea in the 1800s and hunting whales in our modern lives. But fear as a warning signal is still not the only thing we should be letting guide us. Back to like it being this, this warning light, 
let's say, let's say I'm driving off road and my tire pressure sensor goes off and I'm climbing up this big old hill and I need anybody who's done off road. Like sometimes you, you got to keep momentum to clear a hill, especially if it's, if it's steep. Once you, once you're halfway through that thing, if you don't keep enough momentum or you don't have just the right speed, things get pretty hairy. So if I stop to check the tire on too steep of a climb, I could end up getting stuck. Or worse, I could be sliding backwards and rolling the vehicle because I thought, oh, I got the, the lights gone off. I gotta go. I gotta go re- react to this. It seems ridiculous to even think about that as an option. And, and like maybe I know that the tire pressure sensor tends to be a little overactive and goes off when I. I hit the slightest pothole on, on new tires. Well, then I'm not going to slow down momentum, especially if, if, I've, if I've already kind of gotten to know it. This, whether it's fear or, or light or whatever it is, I'm not going to slow down. Like, I know what that is. But some people just don't know what it is. They don't take the time to like, get to know the vehicle that they're riding around in that is themselves. Because responding by hesitating or slowing momentum Due to getting, due to the fear of getting stuck due to a flat tire, might actually be the thing that gets me stuck. If I'm uh, here, let me give another example. So, so if I'm so afraid of of feeling rejection that comes with asking for something, whether it's in your life, maybe it's asking that that girl on a date, or it's if you're if you need to ask for a promotion, or you are really curious about something and you don't want to bother the person because you're afraid or, or it's a, maybe it's sales. Like you're just afraid to, to ask somebody to, to be your customer and, and to, to pay for, for what you have to offer. Because if, if it's the fear of feeling that rejection that makes you choose not to at least try let's say that's me doing that, then I've already rejected myself. I became the thing that I feared. I didn't want to be rejected, so I rejected myself by not doing it. If I'm afraid of being perceived as prideful and selfish by others, like I really don't want people to say that about me because I'm just so preoccupied with what others think. So I don't speak up when I need or want something. Then I end up getting resentful because no one noticed my humility and sacrifice and my fatigue and hunger to be seen. Like that can develop into, into selfish and, and prideful attitude. Reminds me of some quote by Yoda. Let me see. If, he's a, so this is, this is Yoda. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. I know, I know, fictional. A human wrote that. They were onto something. Gandhi said, oh, I'm looking at some other quotes here that are pretty good on this. So Gandhi said, fear has its place, but cowardice does not. Again, it, it's useful. There's usefulness in, in, that, in that sort of emotion. But we got to know ourselves and figure out, like, is this, is this helping me? Or is it, is it taking me away from what I should actually be doing? 
I'm too afraid of, if I'm too afraid of making the, the wrong decision or letting someone down, then I might not, not make any decision, which ends up, you guessed it, letting others down. Another example, if I come across a bear and my fear triggers me to run, then the bear will be triggered to chase and attack me. I was afraid to get attacked by the bear, so I listened to the fear, didn't follow my training, ran away, and then the, and that's what caused the bear to attack me. It might still attack anyway, obviously, but it was the fear that, that made it a certainty. And, and don't get me wrong, by all means, if you feel, really feel some sort of unmistakable foreboding feeling, or your gut or God is telling you not to go down a road, then don't do it. This isn't, this isn't like a one size fits all for everybody. Like, just like I'm always saying, it's different. Everything's different in each situation, but, but it is a good guiding principle. Don't, don't stop at just doing nothing for the sake of safety or fear or scarcity or anything that's kind of an unhealthy reason. If it's common sense and a no brainer that trying something or doing something will lead to a pain or a tragedy that is worse than not doing it. It's got to be obvious. Like you can't just be, oh, I, I'm just going to play it all safe. I'm just saying, just be smart. But if you are hesitating or holding back from doing something, you know, you need to do like in your heart of hearts, but fear is nudging its way in. Then I recommend you go to the Marquesas islands. I'll be there. Even if there are cannibals on those islands. The rumors are all true. You go get them. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Every single time I do this, I get a little more fired up and my bonfire grows a little bit more. If you're feeling the same way and like you got value out of this, would you do me a favor and go onto the show page in your Spotify or Apple podcast or wherever you're listening to this and leave a rating and click follow. That way you never miss another episode of the show and it helps me immensely to keep the momentum and keep bringing the good stuff for you. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks. Thanks.